The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. Today's scripture reading is in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It's on page 942 in your pew Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, we ask you to just take one of ours. We'd be happy to give that to you as our gift. Again, that's Romans 5, verses 1 through 11, page 942 in your pew Bibles. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of our Lord. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Uh, you were waiting to hear that, weren't you? Yeah. Are you ready for that? Well, good morning. Welcome to Fountain of Life Fellowship. It's so great to see some uh, see your face this morning, some returning faces and some new faces today. My name's Phil. I'm one of the elders here at Fountain of Life. And uh, before we dive into this really rich passage of Scripture, would you please pray with me? Let's pray one more time. Lord Jesus, this Christmas season, we pray that you would shine in our hearts, shine the world so that the world can see you, see your wondrous gift of love, see how you have canceled the debt of sin against us by your sacrifice. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would just shine. Please help me now to uh, present these wonderful truths, these great truths about you and about life in you. Uh, Lord, I need your help. Holy Spirit, please help give me the words. And Lord, I pray that you'd open our hearts to your words so that we can enjoy these gifts that we're going to be looking at this morning. Father, I, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you've seen on TV, when you've watched game shows, you know at the very end, uh, the winner is presented with the opportunity to win this fabulous ultimate prize package, right? Not only is it the new car, but it's the, oh, the, the eight-night uh, uh, European vacation, the Louis Vuitton luggage, uh, the complete set of kitchen appliances. What if, by chance, one day someone just came up to you and said, hey, you know that prize package? That's yours as a gift. You don't have to appear on a show. It's yours. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? 
Wouldn't that be nice? Well, today we're going to talk about it's not going to wear out. It's not going to break down. You won't have to seek out any warranty companies because the blender broke down. It is eternal. It is lasting. And it's free. And it's available now. Would you be interested in that kind of a gift package? All right. Well, today uh, we're uh, in a series here at Fountain Life for the Christmas season on the subject of peace. And every Christmas season we see the word plastered all over the place. We see the word peace, peace. It's like um, the graphics companies ran out of ideas for Christmas stuff. And so they said, oh, let's just throw peace on it. And so we see peace in store windows. We see peace on our gift cards. And the word peace, it's a great idea. But we as a human race, are we very good at peace? No, <laughs> no we're not going to Haiti this, this weekend because there's no peace. But Jesus Christ makes real peace, real lasting peace, a reality for us. And so on the night when Jesus was born, you'd think uh, for, uh, there was a pretty amazing baby announcement. It was a very atypical baby announcement. Not only did they tell friends and family, but no, God the Father sent his, you know, Mary and Joseph. These shepherds are out watching their flocks by night. They're out there in the fields. The angel of the Lord comes to them to say, Hey, Christ is born. And as he's telling them about how Christ is born, where to find him, in Luke 2, verses 13 and 14, this is, adds to the strangeness of the baby arrival announcement. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. That's an odd baby announcement, isn't it? That is really odd. Who are these people with whom God is pleased that he is going to give this gift of peace? Well, as we'll see in this season, we're going to find out it all has to do with Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. And today... We're looking at Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And I love this text because it is so rich. It's got the heart of the gospel. It's got the realities of the Christian life all right down through it. And so to me, the gifts that we're going to look at in this portion of Scripture really is the gift of Christmas. This is the gifts we can enjoy this Christmas. And we're, I'm calling this message, Peace with God, Unwrapping the Gift of of justification. And uh, if you are already justified by faith in Jesus Christ and you're trusting in him, I hope that you'll unwrap these gifts and start enjoying them today. If you don't yet know Jesus Christ and you haven't yet trusted in him, well, my hope for you is that you would trust in Jesus Christ and that you will receive his gift of justification by faith and start enjoying these gifts. So let's look at some of these gifts that you can enjoy today because you've been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. The first gift, well, is justification. In Romans 5.1, Paul opens up by saying, Therefore, faith. What does it mean to be justified? It's a legal accounting term when there is a list of debts and that when they have all been paid, you say the, charter, the, the ledger 
has been justified. It's been paid, right? And what we're talking about today is justification before God. It is how God declares you righteous because of what Jesus has done for you. Say, so listen, um, if I was to go to appear before God with my own debt of sins and I go on my own merits, I'm in serious trouble. It'd be like me walking up to the, uh, the clerk of the court of heaven and he'd be some like Schwarzenegger, Terminator type saying, you know, standing there. And I'd say, um, hi, uh, my name's Philip Ross. Yeah, we know. Um, and you see, I've got this um, summons here, <laughs> you know, and um, well, I've made a few transgressions. A few? Well, yeah. Try, we have a record of 43,442 kajillion. <laughs> that many? Yeah, we have complete files. Well, okay, um, so, okay, so I, I, I made some mistakes. I kind of rebelled against God a few times, but I mean, um, okay, so, but just so I know what kind of um, payment I'm going to have to make here, I, I've brought my Visa card and my uh, MasterCard and my Discover card, just kind of, well, just, give me, just so we can, I can figure out how to ballpark it. Um, how much is it to pay for one, one transgression? Death. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You see, I've, that doesn't, death for just one sin? Yeah. Well, that does, that, that seems, isn't that kind of excessive? Well, he is the creator. He's the creator of the universe. He created you, you are his creation as the righteous judge of the universe. He has every right to determine what is right and what is wrong. And if part of his creation sins, it dies. Well, okay, well, um, uh, well, <laughs> what, what, are, what are my options here? Do I, uh, because I'm not sure I can cover that kind of uh, uh, kajillion times over. Is that a real word? Yeah, here it is. But um, so, what am I going to do? Well, you have two options. One is guaranteed success of uh, guaranteed total failure. You appear before God, the righteous Judge, on your own merits because you have none. You die. Well, that's, that, uh-oh, that's not going to work. What's my other option? Go talk to Jesus Christ, second member of the Godhead. He has died and paid for your sins. Go talk to him. You mean Jesus? You mean that, that brilliant teacher from like um, uh, 2,000 years ago? Um, um, uh, he said, uh, he saw those nice things about how to live, and, and, but, that, but that was, that was 2,000 years ago. He, he paid for me 2,000 years ago, and, but he, he left. Yeah, but he'll be back. <laughs> so what are my options? Your second option, go, get to the Savior now. And so that's what we all need to do when we look at justification of faith in Jesus Christ. We need to get to the Savior now. Well, what did he do for us? Jesus Christ took our debt of sin, that whole ledger of sin, took it upon himself on the cross. And since the, the, the penalty for sin, just one sin is death, Jesus Christ, who was perfect, paid for that debt of sin on the cross for us. And so now, by faith, when we trust in Jesus Christ, we receive justification by trusting in what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. 
And so what we have here in, uh, in this passage of Scripture, when we look at justification by faith, think of de- what God has declared now because you trust in Christ, you are declared righteous. Not only is the ledger paid up, but God sees you now with Christ's righteousness because not only does he say he pays for our sins, but also he puts his righteousness on us. So God has declared us righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. And so now this gives us some incredible gifts that we can unwrap and enjoy today. And there's four of them that we're going to look at today. The first is peace with God. The second is hope for the future. An experience of God's love, number three. And number four, rest in our reconciliation. One more time. This is the way we'll be going. Peace with God. Hope for the future, an experience of God's love, and rest in our reconciliation. Well, first look at peace with God. In Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what is peace? No hostility. There is no more hostility. And now, because we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, there is no more hostility from God for our sin. It's wiped away. Now, what we have, the standing now before God is, we have a standing of just absolute peace. We are not enemies anymore. We're friends. We've been brought close. We have that fellowship now that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have been enjoying in eternity past and for all eternity. Now, because we have peace, we're brought close. We're part of that fellowship now. And what does this peace give us? It says that now we have been... We have... Not only through Jesus Christ, we have also obtained access by faith. Now, what kind of access are we talking about? Access to what? And access to whom? Because we've been justified. Well, Jesus Christ, because he is our sacrifice and he is the one who has paid our sin, he is the one who now ushers us into the royal court of heaven. He gives us access to God the Father. And the wall, and that also now means we not only are in the courts of heaven, in God's presence, we have access to God the Father himself. Not just standing in his presence, conversation, two-way conversation with God the Father Almighty. That is some access that Jesus Christ has given us. And in verse 2, Paul continues by writing, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Grace. We now live in a state of grace. What is grace? Grace is, of course, God's undeserved, lavish love for us. Remember, that's undeserved but yet he pours it out on us. God gives us his undeserved, lavish love. And it says in this grace in which we stand. Well, what does it mean to stand? Well, that's a present perfect tense. It means we stand now and we keep standing. So what does that mean? 
That means when we have a standing of grace, our stance now is not shaky. We're not falling all over. It is a firm and stable standing of grace. It's going to continue. It's not, um, you wonder if it's going to be there for you. It is going to be there for you because you have that standing with God now and it's not going to change. So believer in Christ, now when you have peace with God, you have full access to him. He is now your friend. He is pouring out his lavish love for you now and always. And so we have this wonderful standing. And look at Psalm 1611. This is kind of the state in which we're standing. Another way to describe it. You make known to me the path of life. And who is the path of life? Jesus Christ. And in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That is our standing of grace because now... Through justification of faith, we have peace with God. So let yourself enjoy that peace today. When at, when as a gift of justification by faith in Jesus Christ. Now the second gift we have to open this morning is hope for the future. And Paul uses an interesting word here. He says, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What does it mean to rejoice? This isn't a term we use too often here in modern language. But when you see the word rejoice in this text, think of these words. To boast with triumphant confidence. To boast with triumphant confidence. That's rejoicing. And to rejoice or boast with triumphant confidence in the, uh, in the glory of God is rejoicing in the assurance that one day, guaranteed, we will see God in all his majesty, power, and glory, and live in his presence. We are looking toward the future. And then that is becomes the logical conclusion, if you will, to what it means to have peace with God, is to have this great relationship now where we look towards the future. And Paul uses this phrase in, uh, in uh, this portion of Scripture. He says, not only that, meaning to say if you thought that was good, here's something even better. In Romans 5, 3, and 4, Paul writes, not only that, if you thought that was good, here's something better. But we rejoice in our sufferings. Hmm. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. There's that word again. confidence, but he's looking at suffering. How do you boast triumphantly in suffering? Look, you know, I know my, I and my family, we've, this last year, we've gone through some trials and tribulations, and it's not easy. Suffering is not easy. But through it all, because we have the relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, we can make it through. And Paul shows us how. We rejoice in suffering. And we boast with triumphant confidence in our suffering, not because we like it, 
We're not masochists. We don't like suffering. But now because of our relationship with Jesus Christ and our expectant hope for the future, we rejoice in our suffering because we like what God is going to do with it. Now, it is not an attack, but it is, an, it is, yes, it is an obstacle to be overcome and something to be overcome. But God is going to use that. He's going to use our suffering to bring us through and show us more about himself. And mostly, it's going to build some new things in our lives. Suffering for the Christian is now going to produce endurance. What is endurance? We hear another word for endurance, perseverance. You learn how to, we learn how to persevere. We learn how to grow our faith muscles, if you will. We learn how to rely and trust on Jesus Christ more and more. And we're going to be coming more like Jesus in how we think and how, and what we, not only what we think, how we think, but also what we love over time as we learn to endure. So offering with faith, trusting in Jesus Christ. And that leads to something really, really good too. In this verse, Paul writes, endurance then produces character. Before we go home to glory, once we trust in Christ, what is God's hope for his children before they go home to glory? What does he want to have happen in each one of our lives? He wants each one of us to grow up to be more like his son. He wants us to be conformed to the image of his son. And so as endurance produces character, whose character are we trying to develop? Jesus Christ's character, isn't it? And Jesus Christ, he is the gold standard for enduring suffering with character. Read through the Gospels, and you see every time he encountered opposition, what did he do? He responded with grace and truth. And as we learn how to respond to suffering and grow endurance and grow our godly character, that's why we start uh, responding with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We now, because we can think like Jesus, in the face of difficulty. We think like Jesus. We learn how to act like Jesus. We learn how to speak like Jesus. And Paul kind of illustrated what this looks like in the life of the believer through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Look at Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then check out this verse about growing Christ-like character in the face of suffering. Let's look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James, the, ha James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Who is the one perfect and complete person you know? Jesus, right, Jesus. And so would you like to grow up to be more like Jesus in full effect? 
I would, I would. So then it gets even better. Paul continues by writing, and character produces hope. Now, worldly hope is really flimsy. It's kind of like an I wish kind of thing, but what Paul is driving at here is godly biblical hope. You know what that is? Biblical hope is that confident, confident expectation of what God has promised. It's You can also say it's the assurance of something you have not yet received, but you know you got it. It's coming. It's yours. And we won't be frustrated by uh, hope and because we know we have the assurance that one day, one day, through all this character building and endurance and perseverance, we have the hope that we are going to see God. Keep looking forward to that glorious eternity that we have waiting in front of us. We can expect that God is going to fulfill everything. Now, these are all the ultimate goals that God has set for us for suffering. And if you're suffering right now, you know, uh, it, this is all a process. And if you're not, I'm not suffering well right now. I'm not suffering the best I can be, but thanks to the scripture, I can f- learn how and follow it. And we're not going to develop these skills for handling suffering and growing endurance and building character. It, it's going to take a while. It doesn't happen overnight. He doesn't just, God doesn't sprinkle this over us when we sleep one night and all of a sudden we wake up, oh, I've got so much hope and I'm full of godly character. Glory, hallelujah. doesn't work like that. It takes a lifetime. And so hang in there because we have this hope for the future. So let yourself, as we unwrap this package, this gift of being justified by faith, because you've been justified by faith, let yourself enjoy hope for the future. Next, the the third gift we have to open up is an experience of God's love. Paul writes for us in verse 5, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. An experience of God's love. How can we have an experience of God's love today? You've probably got these recipes at your house at Christmas time that you probably roll out every single year. At our house, we uh, somehow uh, obtained the recipe to Mary C's fudge. And this recipe for Mary C's fudge, when you take a bite of it, it's not just like you're biting into fudge. When you pop that piece of fudge in your mouth, the, it's so rich, so sweet, so chocolatey that it washes over your tongue. And all of a sudden, it doesn't just taste good in your mouth, but then all of a sudden it just washes all over you. And you're not just eating fudge, you're now having a chocolate experience. 
right? And I'm sure you've got some, some recipes that you like to make every year that are that same way too. It's an experience when you bite into it. Well, Paul wants for us to have an experience of God's love, something we can really savor, savor because of the Savior. Slip there. So how can we have an experience of God's love every single day? How do we savor that? You say, well, Phil, um, yeah, fudge is sweet and you can feel that and taste that, but God's love, I don't, I don't feel God's love. How do you feel God's love? Well, first of all, let me, let me save you some frustration there about ever wanting to try and feel God's love. It's not a feeling. You're not going to feel it. It's going to be more of a knowing. It's going to be a start with a knowing. And it starts with an amazing gift that God gives to every believer. Every believer, as uh, Paul says in here, God has, God, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through who? The Holy Spirit. When you believe on Jesus Christ and are justified by faith, God gives you the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit himself. Right in here. Pretty cool. Can you imagine that? The third person of the Godhead takes up residence in here. And then, by his presence, he pours out God's love for us. And how do you open that gift of God's love that the Holy Spirit's telling us about? Well, it's understanding and looking at the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. Now, you know, here Paul says, this is the experience. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us on the cross. So I know there, there are a lot of heroes sitting in this room right now. And I know because of their character that if necessary, they would lay down their lives to save the people around them. They would. Because I know, I know there's a lot of you in this room. But I can pretty much guarantee that there's not one of us who would give one of our kids to die for somebody. I don't think we would do that. But that's the very thing that God the Father did. Because we had this debt of sin over our heads, we could not pay it. We could not survive it. So God the Father, in his love for us, his great love, sent his only begotten son to take on our debt and die for us? Is that a story of love? Is that a story of love we can appreciate? Now, it's not romantic, but wow, that's real love. And so we've, uh, we can look at the beauty of who Christ is. If you want to have an experience of God's love, through what he did for us on the cross, he, Jesus Christ took his beauty and his perfection and he traded it for our ugliness and sin. He took on our ugliness and sin 
He died for it, and he gave us his beauty and his righteousness. That is an awesome act of love that we can experience, and we can savor that. So I encourage you, if you want to have an experience of God's love this Christmas season, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the story of Christ's coming is great. It's awesome. Praise the Lord. And also look at what he did for us on the cross and that sacrifice. If you want to say, if you want to have an experience of God's love this Christmas, savor what Jesus did for us. That he loved us that much while we were still sinners. How much more does he love you now? So let yourself enjoy an experience of God's love because that's where you are right now when you have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. And the final gift we want to unwrap this morning is rest in our reconciliation. In verse 9 of our passage today, uh, Paul writes, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved from wrath by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Why do I say we have rest in our reconciliation? Now, the fact is, folks, there is a day coming where Jesus will be coming back. And when he comes back, he will be judging sin for all time and eternity. Sin and death are all going to be taken care of. He's going to judge that and pour on his wrath on that. It's going to be wiped away. He's going to make the whole world new. And now we can rest in that. We now have been reconciled to God. We are now God's friends. Is God going to pour out wrath on his friends? We can say, well, what does it mean to be reconciled? Reconciliation means we were separated enemies, but now we are close friends. And when you are a friend of God and you trust in Jesus Christ, you can look forward trusting because you know that Jesus Christ paid for your sins. There is no more debt of sin on your account. You are friends with God. So in the day of wrath, what have you got to worry about? Nothing. Nothing. Jesus, and he says, uh, we've been saved by his life. Well, we have an experience of Jesus' life, don't we? Uh, in that when he lived the perfect life for us, uh, he went to the cross, took our sins he, because he's the perfect sacrifice. And not only did he die for our sins, but then he, what did he do next? He rose. He rose from the grave. And Jesus, who is our payment for sin and our friend, now he not only lives, but he rules and he reigns. Our friend, Jesus Christ, who paid our debt for sin, he rules and he reigns and everything is under subjection to his feet. And Paul says in verse 11, that wonderful phrase, more than that. If you think that's cool, here's something better. 
We also rejoice triumphantly. We boast with triumphant confidence in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. We don't just rest in the fact that whew, my debt of sin is paid because Jesus has paid my debt of sin. I am now friends with God, but now we boast confidently in that relationship that we have now been made close friends. And how do we triumphantly boast? We come here every week. We sing wonderful songs. We give God all the glory in everything that we do because out of thankfulness for his awesome gift of salvation, the awesome gift of being justified by faith, we now can look forward and we can just rejoice knowing that it's going to be good moving forward because of what Jesus Christ has done. So we don't just rest. We celebrate. And we no longer worry about God's wrath for our sin when you've been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. So in conclusion, I'd like to give you three words. Trust. Savor. And share. Trust Jesus and be justified. If you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ already, um, I invite you to do so. And if you want to know more about it, afterwards you can talk with uh, Matt or myself or any one of the, the elders. We'd love to talk to you about what that means. But trust in Jesus Christ and in his work that he did for you, paying for your debt of sin on the cross. Trust in that. And then if you have trusted in Jesus Christ, I invite you this Christmas season, savor your peace with God. Savor it. Savor your hope for the future. Savor having a daily experience of the incredible love that God has for you. And then savor the reality of your rest in your reconciliation. And then finally, share. Let's get out there and share the gospel with others so they can experience peace with God and have this justification by faith in Jesus Christ. So, if you're not yet justified, I encourage you to trust Jesus. If you are justified, unwrap these gifts and start enjoying them today. Let's pray. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.